This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. What's up, Power Athlete Nation? It's that time. Power Athlete Radio, episode 43. We got a good one for you. We got a special guest, but before that, I have to introduce my excellent co-host, Steve Playtech. What's happening, dude? What's up, man? How you doing up there? Good. I'm surviving. I'm surviving. And we got the awesome power athlete coaches, Luke, Callie, and Tex. What is up? Howdy. Ahoy, ahoy. There it is. There it is. So, Luke, Callie, Dynamis CrossFit, how'd that seminar go? Terrible. Terrible. Horrible. Probably one of the worst. feedback, but maybe, uh, maybe that guy was confused. <laughs> well, Adam, actually, we held him down and pink-bellied him until he agreed to put that blog post up. Right. <laughs> that comment up on the blog. We, uh, no, it was an awesome cert. It was really great. It was uh, a smaller cert. Uh, friends of ours in, in at Dynamis CrossFit were hosting it, so uh, Marcus and Nicole. And uh, it was just a, a good, fun cert because anything in comparison to like trying to run a cert in Columbia is so much easier. And that's not to say Columbia wasn't great and a good experience and, uh, you know, involved. Um, this was just in terms of, like, logistics and language and delivery of various jokes. This is much more our speed. So it went really well, though. So when you get a smaller group, and we're talking, like, 10, right? When you get a group yeah. of 10, do you find that the seminars um, – go easier, a little bit faster, you can get no. more information, or is it the opposite? No, oftentimes it's the opposite because it's much more of like, um, I guess, uh, what do you call it, like a board, like a well, round forced. table type discussion. So. It's not, not like forced by the hand of the law, but it's like a forced engagement because it's such a small and intimate atmosphere where uh, for, for folks who've been to the seminar, we, we open up and we're like, hey, we got the cookie cutter, but really... You know, we're just the sail, and you're our wind. Oh my God! What? <laughs> and so, when you get more engagement, the further off the the script we get, but we always come back and cover everything on the script if it isn't covered mm -hmm. by a question from an audience. So yeah. So like the engagement really drives the seminar, and and is is really like the lifeblood of the thing. So when you get a smaller group, people are more either more courageous to be more involved, or they're really forced because. They can't hide in the abyss of the, the 40 persons. Yeah, I can remember 10 people's names, so I can easily call on someone and force them to be involved. And like Luke said, there's also like a comfort level among the ten attendees because, you know, it's a lot less intimidating to ask a question in a smaller group than obviously like in front of 40 people. So, um, but it was, it was a great experience. I'm trying to think if we had anything unique occur. Um... No, we had a studette there, Nicole, who was just, she's like super jacked, um, former gymnast, and like did everything with pretty relative ease. And, uh, in terms of body awareness. Like, like a lot, force. Yeah. 
a lot of a lot of the warm-ups that people are are super stoked about and get super destroyed by uh, are rely on your ability to know where your body is in terms of balance, flexibility, <clears throat> stability, and this is where people tend to be the most challenged because they spend the least amount of time on it. But this girl, Nicole, grew up as a high-level gymnast, so it was all pretty much baby games to her. Yeah. Uh, and then the one thing that was challenging for her, though, was was sprinting, and, and when we go through our sprint uh, prescription or in terms of mechanics, we require a dorsiflexed foot because yeah. it, it minimizes ground contact time. It's a much more powerful position out of that lower leg, and uh, as a gymnast, she, it, you know, they point their toes. In everything. In everything. So even as they run, they're supposed to point their toes because it's a, it's a cleaner line and... I guess more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, that's for it's like for style points. So, and so it was funny trying to get her to dorsiflex or drive a high knee up with uh, with her toe dorsiflexed, her feet dorsiflexed, and she, she was just was not having it. But after some practice slowing it down, she ended up getting it. She yeah. Was one of, you know, definitely one of the better movers. Yep, it was a good start. Awesome, awesome. Um, what are some of the uh, updates or any? Nuggets coming out of Power Athlete headquarters regarding like the premium stuff. Any kind of update on that or where we at? Yeah, we got the beta, we finally got the beta software installed, and uh, it looks like we have uh, we have compatibility and everything's gonna be ready to rock. I got I'm gonna hit up a couple of our our guys, our people across the country who have been pretty engaged with us either through email, Facebook, Twitter on CrossFit Football comments, and they are going to be my testing group. So we're going to have probably on mm -hmm. Wednesday or Thursday, 20 guys are going to get an email to go register, and we're going to we're going to comb this thing through and prime it up with content. Uh, what we have is we have forums ready. We're going to have some how-to guides. We're going to have some programming ready to launch uh, on day one. We're going to have a big announcement through our newsletter, so people are going to find out through the newsletter and uh, Facebook and everywhere. So it's it's there. It's right around the corner. Uh, our trip to Colombia gave us a bit of a hiccup. We were a little behind, and then also some complexities with uh, with just getting the software installed. And uh, for anyone who's on like the web and min side of things, you know, there's there's really three packages that we are leveraging. And one is going to be like your e-commerce registration software, so people can subscribe and pay for memberships. Then once the memberships are set. Uh, then you have to build permissions on the other components of the network. So that's going to be your premium blog post. That's going to be your video content. Then after that, you have to get permissions set up on a package for your social network and profile software. So we're going to ask you for your lifts. What's your 1RM? All right. What program are you following? What uh, What's your favorite workout? You know, just here's what you would think out of a power athlete. What sport do you play? What are you training for? So that's a whole other software package. And then all that information is going to go towards uh, the forum community. So there's going to be a social networking community and forum community that are, are going to be kind of integrated. So you're going to be able to post uh, on your forums where you know we're going to have everything from for a coach topics, for an athlete topics, we're going to have general topics, uh, we're going to have VIP topics for our our professional members. Uh, and then uh, we're going to have really like a, a kind of like I guess a Facebook slash Google slash Twitter feed type deal where you can update uh, Power Athlete Nation on your training, on what's going on, if you've got new equipment, whatever. So it's going to be 
we're really trying to build this nation, this whole ecosystem within Power Athlete. Now it's it's coming together. We just have to style the pages so it doesn't look like you're on some janky uh, uh, website. But before we get all the bells and whistles put up, we are going to get you the functionality. So for those of you guys who get in early, uh, you're going to see an evolution as you log in week after week in terms of uh, you know the aesthetics of this and, and navigation. But first and foremost, we know what everybody wants. They've spoken, we've listened, and we're going to get that stuff up and then uh, you know polish it as we go. So it's it's right around the corner, and you know we're working diligently on our end to get everything primed and primed, to get the pump primed, and get ready to pull the ripcord. If you build it, they will come. That's right, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of field of dreams uh, moment there, dude. That sounds <laughs> awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be good. I can't wait. It's going to be good. But the thing is, what we're trying, like, we almost have too much information. So we're trying to figure out how to phase it out. You know, in terms of programming. We, uh, we don't want to make it too complicated. Yeah, in terms of programming, like, what if we just offer, you know, if we offered seven daily programs, people are not going to know what the hell to do. So it's trying to figure out how to phase this stuff in and, and actually kind of utilize and, and build build the relationships between programs so we can have kind of a preparatory phase then a transition phase if you're going to go into something else and the best way to do that and keep it cohesive so people aren't just uh, don't find themselves program hopping because the last thing we want to do is offer too much and get people lost you know we're going to give guidance uh, we've talked to a couple of uh, our, our loyal followers and there's requests for different styles of programming um, which we absolutely have put together you know, we have so many freaking templates out that we've tested and put through the ringer and have elicited a certain training response uh, that that it's time to really make these public and, and give people something that we know works, that is safe, that is effective, you know, but not too much at once at the same time. Right. You would so. you would almost have to have like some kind of like a questionnaire that you would they would have to fill out. So you can get an idea of what they're doing, how they're playing a sport. If they're not, if they're just working out to look good naked mm -hmm. or just, you know, to kick some ass overall, yeah, here's yeah. your program. You know, if you're if you're a wrestler and you're in your off season, here's your program, something like that. Yeah, and, you know, and being, Great idea. Able, and being able to articulate uh, what exactly this program entails, what the requirements are of the athlete in terms of uh, – skill level and equipment, you know, and what the what the training effects are going to be. Like, let's say somebody jumps in and is like a, a weight-sensitive athlete and they jump into like a bulking protocol. Well, that's not going to work for them. You know what I mean? Um, so just figuring out the best way to articulate that and make it available to the masses because a lot of the stuff that we've programmed as well has been for our gym. And, you know, not every gym has – Aerodyne, stationary bike, reverse hyper, uh, you know, an assortment of bars to to challenge posture and position, you know, so we have to really scale that back. I mean, shit, you see on the blogs all the time, I don't have a slam ball. All right, well, or I don't have an aerodyne. What what can I do to, to replicate the demands of an aerodyne? And the reality is you there's get aerodyne, you know. <laughs> so, if, so if there's a killer program that somebody wants to invest in, but it requires equipment they don't have. We want to make sure that's up front and center, so we're you know we're not people are understand what the fuck they're getting into. 
Steve, was that um, was that like the programming that he's talking about? Was that similar to the athlete at your gym and you the program that you had him on? Um, yeah, I guess um, maybe. So uh, Nick Moore, he was uh, he's a baseball player in the Red Sox organization. So I talked with Luke and um, oops, um, and we got some ideas together. And um, yeah, he. Uh, he just texted me back. I think I think he's gonna try and hook up with you down in Florida, Tex. But um, yep. he he crushed his preseason um, test. So they have a bunch of strength tests that include things like um, one leg RDL, five rep max, some some shuttle sprints. Um, they do what we would call I guess supine pull-ups, but they do them on a bar for reps. And I don't think he came. I don't think he placed lower than third on any of his preseason tests. And he was training with me for you know, four months or so up at CrossFit Gwinnett. So um, just applying that this model that, that we talk about and then having some offline help from Luke, um, he just crushed it. So looking for big things to come out of uh, Nick in the uh, baseball leagues. There you go. And did you do any kind of like baselines or did, did he just come in pretty proficient and I mean, he, he just kind of like, you know, carried him off into the sunset? Uh, it wasn't quite that romantic, Danny. Uh, <laughs> um, I must be doing something wrong with my athletes then because, man, I mean, we're talking Jerry Maguire, right? Give him a big hug. Maybe a pat on the ass here and there. You guys Too do comforting. it different. You guys, you guys do it different in the Midwest. Um, yeah, I mean, he. Uh, we had some baselines. His baselines were his his tests. So he came in with these tests, and then we had some other baselines, which were uh, some sprinting and some uh, – he wanted to get better at some of the lifts. He wanted his squat to go up, his deadlift to go up, that sort of thing. And so we used those as uh, tests, and, and every one of his lifts went up. Um, you know, I guess when you're 21, you know, that, that's what happens. He, uh, he eats like a horse and uh, trained hard, so trained smart, I guess. And he just uh, – I think he's going to crush it this year in the season. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, shit. Like I said earlier, we got a special guest, um, Chelsea Hart. Is that yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chelsea Hart out there at CrossFit Balboa. Um, maybe you could kind of give everybody some background history, history of yourself, how you got involved with these guys, and uh, how things are in the LFL, any misconceptions that you feel you should voice um, your opinion on. Well, first, Denny, let us give Chelsea a proper introduction. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Chelsea is the queen of hearts. Queen she of is, hearts. She runs CrossFit football, power athlete in CrossFit Balboa. She bats her eyelashes. She gets what she needs. Whatever <laughs> Chelsea wants, Chelsea gets. Okay? Chelsea once hey, got I'm me. <laughs> Chelsea once got me seven hundred dollars worth of deer antler uh, supplements. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, just because she asked nicely. <laughs> so Chelsea, uh, Chelsea is uh, she manages all of our our merchandise in our store. She is our event girl, uh, basically because she is really the best looking out of anyone on our staff. Oh, not true. And the smartest and brightest and most bubbly. So mm -hmm. there's never a cloud over Chelsea's head. She's a ray of sunshine and rainbows and kittens and puppies. That's right. Mainly puppies, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so this is Chelsea. Chelsea. But, uh, yeah, hi, guys. Um, <laughs> I found Balboa and CrossFit Football about 
almost two years ago now. Two years and like this month. Yeah. It's just two years right now. Um, through one of my teammates um, that I play with in uh, the Legends Football League, formerly known as the Lingerie Football League. Um, yeah, so I trained with uh, my own trainer for a year, then made the Football League, and then after um, my first season, uh, one of my teammates emailed John because she found CrossFit Football online, and she's like, hey, can we come in for an assessment? So if you can imagine about six to eight lingerie football athletes coming into CrossFit Buffalo with Ben and Luke and um, one of our other trainers, uh, Chris. Every, yeah. every guy in the gym was like, wait, you're having who? <laughs> the yeah. best day of your life. All, so all trainers on deck <laughs> did an assessment, and then um, I uh, lived pretty close to the gym, so they invited me to train with them uh, anytime I wanted, and that just kind of snowballed into um, my life now. I had my first training session with all the guys, and then my second was with just John and I. Um, and that was an experience, to so say let the me, least. First, yeah, I guess let me, uh, let me, we'll talk about the first day. So uh, I actually have a whole bunch of pictures here I just pulled up. That we yeah! Did. This is the first day. How many chicks here? We have them doing resisted runs. We have them squatting. Uh, there's uh, definitely a few guys training in the back, quote-unquote training. In the <laughs> just watching, maybe. <laughs> but... Um, so these chicks came in and in like varying training backgrounds and you know a lot I think everyone did CrossFit, right? Uh yeah, everyone there was doing CrossFit. I hadn't done really done CrossFit. I just yeah. dabbled in CrossFit. So so you know what these girls basically knew was like uh you know for time, AMRAP, uh that we asked them to pay, do the heaviest weight on their back squat for five and then Luke, uh look, look, look. Yeah. What up? are they wearing? Um, Let me bikini this moment. Denny, you pig. They're just in bikini <laughs> bottoms. That's all. Hair, full okay. hair and makeup, you no. know. No, they were all in workout <laughs> gear. I'm, I'm going to post a couple of these pictures in the show notes. But they all came up, and, they, like, you know what was interesting is, uh, like, they all were, got after it pretty hard. Like, most girl, not to be – this is just a fact, Chelsea. I'm not trying to be <laughs> sexist. But most females who come into the gym uh, are, like, treat a barbell – delicately, you know what I mean? Like, they, uh, we were given the cue, like, uh, last week, you know, you move the weight, the weight doesn't move you. And uh, the mentality of most women is like, hey, this barbell is going to move me or bury me or whatever. These chicks would get under the bar and get after it. But what was interesting is everybody thought they hit their 5RM, and they were said, okay, let's throw on another two, another five kilos, another five kilos, another five kilos. And everybody was able to squat more than they, they thought. And, it, you know, it fell apart, we queued them up, and everybody got a little heavier and like, oh, I didn't know I could lift that heavy. And then we did some resisted runs, and uh, yeah, these chicks were gnarly, dude. And what we were hoping to to get these guys, uh, these girls in there, like uh, at least two or three times a week, but just where they lived and work schedules, it didn't all work out for everybody. But Chelsea made it happen. So uh, I think we had a seminar coming up the following weekend, and she came in to train with John, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then uh, I guess go ahead and give your. So, so, she, so we, Steve, you know how Nick's session went with John, right? Yeah, sorry, my, sorry, my mute was on. Yeah, um, uh, Nick came back and he was like a uh, like a prisoner of war. So, <laughs> yeah. So. so. Yeah, so so John, uh, you know, John has no mercy and is always willing to you know push somebody to the limits. And uh, you know, I guess that's what that was his plan with Chelsea. Chelsea, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, pushing it to the limit, doing you know 
God knows what lifts. I think I blacked out at one point because I was <laughs> I was so scared, so scared and just wanted to um, make him happy. So um, I remember we were doing uh, the resisted runs with the band, and then he found a resistance uh, like speed training harness, and um, it's one that you can use solo. So we tied it up to our pull-up structure that was bolted down. So totally safe, you know, no problems. I'm in a harness. Um, the cord is like a bungee cord holding me, so that's the resistance. So you sprint out as far as you can, and um, the bungee cord, in a sense, gets so tight and it stops you, and then you have to sit low and walk it back. So John is off to the side watching my um, my running form and like my sprint and stuff like that. So second sprint out, I um, never used this contraption before. I stand up too early when I'm walking the cord back, and it snaps me back like a rag doll. And I um, landed on both my wrists, like flew, oh, like at least maybe like six feet in the air, landed <laughs> on my wrist, on my ass, on my wrist, so embarrassed. Um, didn't cry or anything, but yeah, later I found out I fractured both of my wrists. And uh, John comes up to me, grabs my hands, gives him a, he says, how do they feel, looks at him, gives him a nice shake, I was okay, and then uh, I proceeded to sit and bum my squat for, oh, about a half hour. Um, and just get more flexible while my wrists are throbbing. So, um, so yeah. And then I come in third visit. I'm in a, a hard cast on one hand, on one hand, and then a soft cast on the other. And I'm like, do it, do it. What can we do, guys? I'm like, I can't use my hands, but I've got my legs. Let's do it. Yeah. So heart so. of a champion. You know, John's phone is <laughs> in. She's like, yeah. She took a spillage. We're gonna not stand up. She stood up, and uh, you know, I think everything's all right. And then she comes in for her second training session with these casts, and we're like, oh my god. <laughs> We shattered this girl's arms. But you know what she did? She fucking trained, trained hard. We, even with cast on, we, we were able to sub in some band presses. We had a Swiss bar. We used her on a, mm-hmm. we put a safety squat bar on her, squat, belt squats and stuff like that. But And then six weeks later, I think those things were off, right? Or, yeah, about that. Yeah, about six to six to eight weeks I was getting better and getting good. So we knew we had the heart of a champion as soon as she was like, well, I broke my wrist when I'm ready to train. You know, but uh, that was a trip, dude. It was awesome. Good experience. Got really, really strong in my squat during that time, needless to say. So then how long have you been playing football? I've been playing football. This will be my third season. So fourth year. We took um, about a year and a half hiatus. Conveniently, after I fractured my wrist, um, they went to Canada and started um, another section of our league in Canada, and they're in Canada and Australia now. But um, so we had a year and a half off, so I had plenty of time to heal my wrists up and um, get a whole lot stronger. And when I came back after that year and a half off, my coaches were absolutely blown away at um, just the new speed I had, um, and then definitely my strength gains. I was um, significantly bigger. I was about 15 pounds bigger than I was the season before, and uh, no one pushed me around on the field, needless to say. So I was very thankful for CrossFit football. Saved my ass <laughs> for sure. Even though I fractured my wrist, still saved my ass. <laughs> So tell them a little bit about, like, your training and your practices and your experience on field and, like, the athleticism of these girls because I don't think people fully appreciate or understand that a lot of these girls are, like, former collegiate athletes. They're extremely strong, extremely competitive, and, uh, you know, having having seen women play football in various facets, like, I haven't seen athleticism like you guys have um, in, in a lot of, like, other women's sports um, so like, what is your, what has been your experience? Was it eye opening for you to like be in that competitive scenario? Did you think it would be easier than it was or harder than it was? Oh no, I went into it. Um, I had followed, uh, our website 
uh, Legends Football League um, or LFLUS.com forever. So I was like all synced up with all the emails and stuff. But the girls that train with us and the girls that play in my league are just absolutely um, animals. They're absolute yeah. animals. They take no fucking prisoners. It's tackle football where, you know, we wear full pads, helmets, and mouth guards um, at practice. And then obviously for our games, it's a little bit uh, less. But I mean, the girls I train with and that um, are on my team are, they're all D1. Um, Soccer players, softball players, track. Um, a lot of track and soccer mostly. And yeah. then we'll get, like, you know, your occasional lacrosse um, athlete. And uh, I did dance, so I had no fucking clue what I was getting myself into. But um, I just lifted for a year, and I'm like, here I am. I want to play. Yeah. But, yeah, the girls are they're insane. Um, every girl I've come up against is just like a, a cannonball they're, or just like a wall of muscle. Yeah. Honestly, all these girls train their ass off. And um, we only get four games a season, and then we'll get two playoff games and then a bowl game. So, I mean, you really have to make the most of the games that you're playing, and you have to fucking basically kill each other for yeah. a win because one loss in the season is um, – that I mean, that can end your season, you know. I mean, these girls, too, like, I think if people, like, even did, like, a quick Google search or something, I mean, you, you would think coming from LFL um, and, you know, when it was formerly known as Lingerie Football League, you would think, okay, maybe these are just, like – some dainty girls running around. These girls, first of all, they're not small. They're beasts. And they're, yeah, they're huge. And like Chelsea said, they're like a wall of muscle. I mean, the musculature on these girls would be that of any CrossFitter or more. Um, and so it's, it's pretty amazing. Like I've seen Chelsea throw people around and I've seen girls on, you know, her team get thrown around. I've seen some crazy stuff. And, uh, it's like it's just a testament to their training and their athleticism because it's truly translating to the field. I mean, these girls really are hammers. It's it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the girls, um, all of them lift, speed train. They do, you know, their ladder work, all those drills and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I mean, you train like you play. So you train angry, like at practice. We just absolutely beat the crap out of each other at practice. Yeah. Like honestly, I would say my practices are harder than my games just because. We all want to give our best to the teammates and make each other better, and like we just give each other hell. So um, you'll hear all about that when we start hitting the season. We just started season, so when we get into hitting practice, um, I'll be in pain when I'm lifting, but I'll push through. How many girls are on the team? Um, for each team, it's 20 girls per roster. So yeah, yeah, just a total of 20 girls, and then it's seven on seven, uh, full tackle football. So we'll take 14 girls uh, to games. So I mean, a practice is like. It's a never-ending tryout at practice. You have 20 girls uh, competing for 14 playing spots. Um, so, I mean, just because you make the roster doesn't mean you get, um, honestly, any playing time. I mean, my first season, I only played, uh, like, two or three games, probably two, mm -hmm. two games, and then um, trained with uh, power athlete and cross the football, and I'm a starter now, and um, I just made all fantasy, so it's kind of like the Pro Bowl of my football league, so um, mm -hmm. I'm the all-star cornerback for that one, so and it's amazing. just as a side note, we'll get back to the training aspect of this, <laughs> but just as a side note, like, Chelsea is uh, probably the most beloved player of her team. That means not only is she super athletic and uh, can perform on the field and has a real presence there, but she has a presence off the field, too. Meaning, she's pretty hot. And oh. <laughs> uh, so when all of these people come to watch the games afterwards, after the girls kind of get cleaned up and come come out to meet some of the fans, they, they sit, they sign autographs. And Chelsea's line for autographs is easily, like, probably easily like eight times the line of any other chick there. And, uh, you know, it's because she's she's got such a great personality and 
you know, she's definitely like the, the total package in terms of like an athlete who can kind of keep their composure and is a smart person outside of the sport as well. Oh, so. I've got to have you guys on my, uh, my Tinder account, my <laughs> match.com account. <laughs> can you guys write me a, write me a paragraph on that? That's right. All the References. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I have a really supportive family and, um, I now have supportive coworkers and stuff like that. So it's, it's really um, amazing to be part of this family and to get better at um, football and spread the word the word about football because all the girls in my league just train their asses off and they um, work just as hard as any any man would do for his sport. So. So you said 20 girls make the team. How many try out? Oh God, um, hundreds, hundreds of girls try out. We usually have uh, each team has open two open tryouts um, before season starts, and we'll get. Um, anywhere from 100 to 300 girls per open tryout. So that's like 600 girls. Um, I mean, the the interest and passion for women to play football is um, astronomical. I had no idea that that many girls would have been at my first open tryout. Now, do you have any do you have any experience playing uh, quote unquote or with anyone who's played real girls tackle football? Yes. Yeah. yeah um, actually, our quarterback Ashley Salerno uh, played high school. She went to Snoop Dogg's uh, football training camp when she was a kid. Total tomboy. Yeah, there's a picture of her and Snoop, Snoop Dogg, Dogg when she was uh, about, like, 12 years old or something like that. But, um, but, yeah, she was lucky enough. She plays quarterback, so she played for two years at her um, high school in Chino. And then she ended up quitting just because, um, I mean, uh, guys were obviously targeting her on other teams. And, like, yeah. she's like, hey, do I want to get my, you know, head ripped off because I have five huge defensive ends running at me? Or yeah. do I want to extend my career and, you know, just um, – work on my technique and play with um, women who are going to treat me like an equal And then how, how does she feel in terms of uh, competition level? I, I guess what I, where I'm getting at is I know there's there's other chicks out there who, who are like, oh, it's just LFL, it's bullshit league, mm-hmm. and they're playing yeah. you know, women's tackle football. Mm-hmm. Uh, had, you know, do you find – I personally think – I've seen both, okay? I've watched both, and I think the, the LFL league is a lot more fucking – a lot it's more vicious. Way more it's, athletic. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, the speed of the game, too. It requires a certain athleticism because the field's smaller, too. You know, you guys yeah. have less time between plays, and um, it just seems a little bit more, I don't know, just more active. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's seven on seven. It's um, arena, arena football dimension. So men's and women's uh, arena football, I believe, yeah. is the same dimension as, like, 30 and 50 yards, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so it's definitely an offensive game, and, I mean, it's, like, you pretty much – know who the receivers are already so it gets pretty personal and so um i mean i know i've thrown a few punches in there and then the referees are a little bit lax you can kind of get away with um some i mean dirtier movements than you could with um the nfl like shoves and face masks oh yeah it's very aggressive first of all let me just tell you too insanely aggressive because we all know each other we're supposed to like kick each other's asses i've seen chelsea like okay two stories i've seen chelsea and the, the uh, referees are a little bit lax, too, right? Yeah. Obviously, because there's a component to the game, which is entertainment. And I've seen Chelsea uh, kind of come to the aid of a, a fellow player who was shoved after play. And as soon as the referee turned their back um, and, and, and ignored this action, Chelsea ran full speed at this, uh, this, this chick on the other team to sort of, I don't know, level the playing field and fucking launched this girl. <laughs> Shoved her so hard, she came off of her feet, landed on the ground, and I swear to God, the best part was that as soon as Chelsea knocked this girl off her feet, she turned around, she whipped her ponytail with her hand, <laughs> and just walked away. 
And it was so awesome. And, like, I'm getting goosebumps right now. <laughs> can't, can't like, girls get away with pushing your teammates around. But here's the thing. Their aid, you know? The other part to that story is that Chelsea invited me and Tex to play flag football with her. <laughs> oh, no. The other day when Tex was still in uh, in out in California. And I played flag football in um, on the on the beach as well. And so she she offered for us to be, like, subs for her team or whatever. And she was fucking spicy as shit. So, so the same practices that she has in, in LFL, she definitely brings to a co-ed situation where it's just flag football, and she doesn't take shit from anyone. Um, and uh, like, it's she's extremely competitive, and um, you know, I think she's kind of known for that on her team because yeah. uh, if if something I don't know if something isn't fair or whatever, she's not a quiet person, but off the field. It's all rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, yeah. Rainbows and butterflies off the field. On the field, it's all all business and take no prisoners. Just fucking get what you want. Get what be you aggressive want. about it. Got to talk if you want it. You know? Yeah, that's right. Um, what else? But yeah, like what Kelly was saying, um, to supplement my training, just because I mean, um, all the girls, pretty much all the girls that play in my league, all have day jobs. Because um, as you know, you know, women aren't making millions of dollars like the guys are. Um, playing any sport really, mm-hmm. let alone women's football right now. So um, I play flag football, co-ed flag football on the beach um, as just like an extra like training tool for me and to, you know, mm-hmm. get in like, I, I play defense, so just get in more offensive practice and stuff like that. And I mean, all the girls do all their own crazy stuff to supplement extra training and get that yeah. kind of competitive edge and stuff. Definitely. Yeah. It's amazing. So I, I punk guys all day on Saturday on the beach. So she seriously fun. does. She does. Yeah, I'm not bitch. So Dude, she gets fun. in their face and they hate it. They hate it. But she's so fast. I mean, she's super fast. Um, if I had a dime for every time a man told me he'd punch me if I wasn't a girl, yeah, I'd be pretty rich. Yeah. By now, so yeah, they're. I mean, like they'll call. <laughs> oh I mean, it sounds really bad, but like they'll be like. She's such a bitch or something like that, and Chelsea does not care at all. She's like, we're fucking playing a game right now. And uh, I'm winning. And I'm winning. I'll buy you a beer later, but let's play a game right now. <laughs> Any other questions for Chels? What's the, uh, who's the the coach on your team? Coach on our team right now, um, his name is Eddie Chan. He uh, has been in our league for about five years. He coached the San Diego team when he used to have a San Diego team. Um, and then he came over to our team. So we have about two or three guys coaching us right now. And then... Um, our former coach, uh, we have some ex-NFL players that um, are now starting to coach our league. Um, one of our old defensive coach played for the Raiders for just a handful of years, and uh, now he's with Vegas. But, yeah, so we have a few ex-NFL guys getting into it, too. So that, I mean, that makes things um, a lot better and a lot more, um, you know, sophisticated than maybe it was in, like, the first year as a league. So just it's mainly mainly guys. We'll have a, we have maybe, like, one or two female coaches, but, um, I mean, Obviously, as of right now, men have more uh, football coaching experience than a woman would. So it's mainly um, adult male coaches and stuff like that. Have you seen a growth in popularity of the sport, like attendance-wise? Oh, yeah, definitely. A huge um, spike in it attendance-wise. I think we've been a league for about uh, eight eight or ten years now. So, I mean, it's gotten um, a lot bigger. We'll have um, probably anywhere from 2,000 to like 4,000 per game at, um, at our arena. But I know it's like it's huge in Seattle. Um, we're in Canada now, so we have four teams in Canada. It's big in Canada. We have uh, four, team, four to six, te- six teams in Australia now. It um, absolutely blew up in Australia. Yeah, we have Austin all those rugby players, uh, 
uh, massive chicks in Australia, and it got really huge in Australia. They just they just finished their season last week, so. Yeah, the Aussie girls are pretty yeah. like. Do do any play in the U.S. league? Um, yeah, we actually had one on my team who played defensive end for us um, for two years, and then went back to Australia where she was from. She got deported, so um, she couldn't <laughs> she couldn't play with she can she couldn't finish her season last year. They would not let her back in the U.S. actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, she just rocked it in Australia, and they took our linebacker and uh, took her to Australia this season too, and she did great. They her their team won the whole thing, so we'll be happy to have her back with all her new Australian muscle. You know, so yeah, it's gotten huge. It's blown up a lot, and I mean, we changed our name from lingerie football to legends football just to gain um, a little more respect and uh, hopefully get attention from TV networks and from um, other fellow athletes that um, just want to embrace us and take you know women's football to the next level and take it more serious. So, I would uh, yeah, I strong if. Check out uh, check out the schedule, and if there's something in your area, because tickets aren't super expensive. No, you know, not at all. I mean, tickets range from uh, mainly depends on the arena, but at my arena they range from twelve dollars to seventy seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, seventy seven. You are, it's the, you know, you are right there. Like I, we can hug. Like I might hug you if I score if I score a touchdown. You know, I might hug you or high five you, or if you piss me off, I might punch you. But um, but yeah, I mean, like seventy seven gets you like you you know you're right there. You can high five us. You can you know like talk shit, you can yell, you know, yell encouraging words, hopefully. Yeah, it's, um, uh, but it's, it is amazing, it's entertaining, I mean, because you, you can, like, feel the passion, and I know we've, yeah. we've talked a bit about it just in, in prep for having Chelsea on, but, uh, I mean, those athletes out there are out there because they love the sport. I yeah. Mean, no one's getting rich off of it. It's pride's on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're doing it for your teammates. I mean, you can see the utmost respect for their coaches when the coaches are fired up, the athletes get fired up, and uh, it's, I mean, it's its great. It's an amazing experience, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a shame it's only four games, you know, yeah. and especially being being a, a big part of the Chelsea Hart fan club, it's disappointing for us that we only, you know, we only <laughs> got two opportunities this year uh, that we're going to be able to go out there and check out Chelsea play, watch her play. So, and I guess you also have the chance that maybe one of these lovely football players who are totally jacked and super athletic are single, and you could be that one guy in the crowd that's lucky enough to be the future Mr. Yeah, Hart. eye contact. Chelsea is no. single. Hey. You get a cool new last name, Hart. That's pretty fun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta, Come on. got to take her name. It's awesome. It looks, like, it looks like in April there's a game up in Milwaukee a Legends game, Green Bay versus Chicago. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, Green Bay versus Chicago. We have um, so we have two different conferences in East and West. And um, actually, uh, I have a I play for the LA team, and we okay. have a game April 26th. We play uh, Las Vegas, and that's the team that my ex, our ex defensive coach played. So mm-hmm. that'll be, uh, he taught me all my moves. So I've got, I'll find something new, and I'll um, I'll make his receivers pay. So that'll be a, that'll be an insane <laughs> oh, game for sure. And it looks like you play personal uh, game. Los Angeles team? Yeah, the Los Angeles team, uh-huh. May 9th, Sears Center Arena in Chicago. Denny, yes. gotta go. Yeah, I'm come there. on. I'm New there. Sears, check it out. It's a blast. You yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah, so we play uh, We play California first in um, Citizens Business Bank Arena. Then we play um, that game in Chicago in May. And then we have another game, I believe, in um, Minnesota. No, uh, Seattle? I think it might be Seattle. And then, we ha- and then we'll have another home game. Um, around August, 
in California, and then it'll be playoffs and then bowl time. So yeah, so it yeah, looks play- like you'll be in Milwaukee as well in June. Okay, awesome! I'm so excited. And then there's that Seattle game. Cool. So yeah. May 9th, I'll be looking for you in Milwaukee or uh, Chicago. You better check Chelsea, it out. Jimmy, uh, where if people want to go see like highlight, because I know there's some like after last season at the end of each or after each weekend, mm-hmm. there'd be like a weekend wrap up of like highlights and like big hits and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Is it, yeah. Where are those videos at? You guys can um a lot of them are found on YouTube. So if you just YouTube um Legends Football League mm-hmm. or Lingerie Football League or um Honestly, if you want to see all the best hits, just look up my team, um, Los Angeles Temptation. <laughs> I mean, because we uh three-time defending champs. No. Uh, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. You know, just dusting my shoulder off a little bit, but um, but yeah, and you'll see all the all the really big hits um on YouTube basically, and then um yeah, LFLUS.com is our website, and they'll have a lot of good hits and um good pictures online, and uh, as well as all the team and like full roster and schedule and stuff like that. So yeah, just YouTube it, Google it. It's uh, gonna blow your mind. Yeah, it's, it's legit, <laughs> Denny. Seriously, you gotta check it. You gotta check it out. And then meet Chelsea, of course. Look me up on Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, we'll get to Instagram. We'll, so in, in the show notes, we'll, get, we'll show you how you get connected with Chelsea. And, yeah. And, you know, put a couple highlights up there and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's awesome, and it's uh, you know, it's it's really cool to watch. I mean, just again going back to when these girls came in, you you. They come in and they're ready to train and they're coachable. You know, it's like uh, it's a breath of fresh air. So, and Chelsea's been a great addition to our team too. I mean, it's perfect. So, thanks a lot, Chelsea. For yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you, Chelsea. All right, guys. Where are we at now, Denny? We got a couple of uh, submissions um, from the nation regarding dealing with bad coaching. So the first one comes from Emily Clem. Hey, guys. I was listening to the live podcast where a question was submitted about how to deal with difficult parents when coaching. Any suggestions on what to do about difficult head coaches? Um, She goes on to say, I'm an assistant swimming coach at a local high school and was hired in part to head up the Dryland strength training program. Uh, To start the season off, I was only given roughly 15 minutes to get some strength training in. Um, I went to the coach and told him I needed some more time, and he basically ignored my request. Since then, our dryland program has been non-existent. I've tried multiple times to sit down with him, but he still doesn't get it. I've reached my limit on how much I can handle, and I'm seriously questioning if I want to come back next season. Not sure if any of you have had to deal with something like this, but any suggestions are much appreciated. Well, I mean, it's not, it sounds like... Why did they hire her? She's not doing yeah. anything, right? No, she's a sport coach too. Okay, so she's she's coaching swimming. Swimming, yeah. And she, but she's also in charge of the dryland strength portion, which she has 15 minutes to do. It doesn't really sound like they actually want a strength program. I mean, that's just to me, things are very black and white in my world, and so. I would just send an email and just obviously, or uh, even better, talk in person if he's available and just, you know, say like, uh, obviously this isn't a priority for you. Uh, I would like to be used um, in like the most beneficial way for the team. And if you don't prioritize strength, uh, then please use me how you 
how you want to use me. I mean, like you can't force someone to uh, to prioritize something that they don't think is important. So um, I don't know. Or just try to you know try to get a meeting and I guess it it comes down. It's just like football coaches. How many old school swimming coaches really value dry land activity? Probably zero. They think you know you're only going to get better in the pool. And uh, the fact of the matter is, it's you got a guy like uh, you know Raphael who's who's really revolutionizing what he's doing with his access program, and that's who, who Texas training under. But get the guy in the room. Uh, just try to check his temperature on how he feels. Your uh, your current 15-minute block is aiding his athletes, and then uh, you know why you know where do you think 30 minutes could go, or why wouldn't you be opposed? Just try to get answers out of it. But uh, I mean, odds are the guy's just going to be like, man. Yeah, I mean, honestly, somebody who's not communicating with you, and and this is a, a historical sort of interaction with this person. To me personally, and I, I don't know the dude, but that doesn't really sound like somebody I'm interested in working for. So um, maybe that's a harsh answer, but like I said, I'm I'm pretty black and white person, and I just uh, that'd be a, a pretty big turnoff for me as somebody who's passionate about you know leading a strength conditioning aspect to to whatever their program is. Um, so I'd kind of just be like, all right, um, it's been fun. Yeah, I think it's important. She needs to find out his expectations of those 15. Right. So it right. sounds like from the email that he took the 15 minutes away for more practice time. Uh, so he needs to understand that the strength work, the 15 minutes, whatever she's doing is also kind of body awareness. So you're letting those athletes learn where their hips are, where their feet are, so when they step in the pool, when they got to push off the blocks, or when they got to do uh, overreach a stroke or reach for the pad for the time, that they know where their body is. So there's lots of different points. It's not just strength. It's not just power. It's not just trunk work. She needs to find a way, uh, find out his expectations, and then find a way to verbalize what she's going to do in those 15 minutes to meet those expectations. Yeah, I mean, you can't just magically make something happen in 15 minutes. I mean, it's just it just doesn't seem reasonable to me. So uh, even if even if his expectations are like, ah, well, I want you to get him stronger in 15 minutes, well, I'm sorry, that's not how it works, you know. And then, uh, you know, I guess taking it out, I mean, there's a political play here, too, in the sense that, uh, you know, if this guy isn't doesn't respect you as a coach, why would he respect your opinion? Right. You know, so... Uh, That's more like that, what it sounds like to me. That's why... And it, yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, there is, it takes a significant amount of patience, a significant amount of tact, but uh, if you can get on the good side of this coach... Uh, I don't. I mean, you know, just call it brown nosing, call it kiss ass, whatever you want to call it, but somehow get on the good side. So where you have the opportunity to sit down in a, in an environment and have legitimate communication, that's an option. But the problem is that is so much fucking effort that uh, you know if this if this particular opportunity, Emily, isn't like your launch pad or springboard into something bigger. You're wasting your time. You could mm -hmm. be wasting your time. Yeah. Other than developing the skill, you personally, if this is an industry you want to get in, of patience. That, is, that is a trait you're going to have to learn. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could just from the coaches we know, uh, my buddies back in the Midwest who, who made it, I got a couple, a buddy who's a uh, strength and conditioning guy on the Pacers, 
and you know from Texas testimonials, like it's a buddy buddy system and it's a buddy buddy world, and that's uh, you know that's how the strength and conditioning world works. So if you're not the buddy buddy, then unfortunately your opinion really is dog shit. I mean, and I know Tex can can kind of uh, attest to that situation as well. And if, I mean, if this is a local high school. He's also in communication every single day with the other coaches in the district. So I would be as professional about dealing with this situation. So if this is not the best kind of coach for you, uh, be professional about dealing with him. Go out and seek the other schools in the district and kind of uh, ask their expectations and find the right fit for you as a coach. Yeah, that's a, that's a big – don't burn any bridges. Yeah. The guy sounds like a douche. Yeah, see, Callie's already out. <laughs> Callie's out of the district. She's never getting another job. I can't tell if I'm just cranky today or if I'm really upset with that situation. It could be a combination of the two, but that guy sounds like a douche. And Emily, you do not need to work with somebody like that who's just, like, stringing you along because he needs some extra help. Like, you have way more, like, your skill set is way higher than what he's utilizing you for. So just just tell him to suck it. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> Emily, do this. Emily, do not listen to Callie and do not listen to Denny. You need to maintain this relationship and find a tactful way to to exit your situation. Luke listen is, to text and listen to me. Luke is, yeah, Luke is like the angel on your shoulder. I'm like the devil, spicy devil. So, but I, I know that I let's so let's review the question real quick. Did we give any legit advice? No. <laughs> Um, Next question, please. Yeah, no, it, it's it's a shitty situation. Uh, that, that other, I guess the, the consensus here is like it sounds high like it, you got to take the high road. Uh, if you're looking to, I mean, your expectation is to have a full program in there, and I know you know, like you and Carl are smart enough to put something together that would work, but this guy's expectation is simply isn't that. So you're you have misaligned expectations. You either align or you tactfully separate. Uh, and try to try to maintain a positive uh, a positive grip <laughs> in that in that network if it's something that you guys are going to pursue for your business. So good, or just sell the girls or the guys whatever swim team you're working with and get them to come into your doors off site. So mm -hmm. just one way. Just yeah, and that, and that also like uh, in terms of that so that solution. Um, Sniping. You may offer it as a free service for a few girls and then create patient X. And I, we've talked about this before as well. Like, you know, if you're patient good at something, zero. yeah, if you're, if you're good at something, never do it for free, but you also need to build that rep. And as soon as you develop the network, then you may have that whole swim team coming to your gym every, you know, every evening at 6:30 for their, uh, their dry land training program. And you know what you have a lot more than fucking 15 minutes to dick around. And, uh, you know, you can also use it as a business opportunity. But uh, with that approach too, you do have to be tactful in uh, in keeping taking into consideration the head coach um, and and his expectations. So, nah, you're fine. You know, all right, <laughs> guys, listen to Callie. I'm just if kidding. you want to. <laughs> no. Burn your bridges. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But um, Tex, what else on that? I mean, that's it. Yeah, uh, she just needs to. Uh, Find out his expectations, see what's up, and then uh, she needs to follow up with us what she found out or what she decided to do. Yeah. 
Take control. Take control of the situation. That's all I can say. <laughs> God. What? It's true. Hey, if you don't like if you don't like the way something's going down, you have to find something that you can take control of within it. Yeah. Am I right or am I right? Right. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got another uh, submission. Steve Bednarski, he emailed in saying, Hey, Power Athlete Radio, I spent some time reading back through the Talk to Me Johnny post from years ago and ran across the course syllabus. I guess that was posted July 15th, which, which suggests some books on training and nutrition. Are there any additional books you would recommend since then? And more specifically, any recommendations for books on becoming a better coach? There you go. Uh, I have a I have a long list. I'll just give you a couple of a uh, couple of my favorites. Kind of tying in Emily's question. There's this book. It's called Thank You for Arguing, and so it kind of gives you many different scenarios uh, to practice and kind of dealing with people and their false interpretations of what's going on and your ability to communicate. Uh, so it's called Thank You for Arguing, and uh, let me open it up real quick. I got a good quote from Emily for Emily from it, and Texas is a quote man. Communication gets lost in intent. So if that man is not really looking to add a strength program, arguing for a strength program, he's already made up his mind. So it's kind of a, a book to almost talk people into circles to get your points across. Um, so that, that would be my first one. I'll let other people go, and I'll just check my bookshelf real quick. I don't know how to read, so I'm not going to be a big help. I also have issues with reading. <laughs> no, in terms of... Uh, I, I'm more of a geek uh, on the geeky end of it. So uh, the list that John has, I believe, has, uh, has super training in there. I mean... For me, your ability to communicate, so any sort of communication holdup that you have, you need to address. But if you're an effective communicator, then you need to uh, back or backload or stockpile your knowledge so that you can you can put into practice your knowledge. Because information without application is worthless, right? So uh, find out what your limiting factors are as a coach. But uh, I don't have a reading list for you. Basically, I've, I've jumped on the John's list, and then what we're trying to do is compile the resources for you. <laughs> so we the reading list is our our products. But uh, what about uh, Denny, Steve? You guys got anything for him? Well, you know, I liked uh, you. You talked about super training. Um, you got the science and practice of strength. Yeah. Conditioning. You know, those are pretty standard ones across the board. Mm -hmm. Those are two of my favorite favorite ones. Yeah, and then putting putting the knowledge and just in yeah into there into practice. That's what's really gonna that's what's going to to really create that foundation of knowledge. So yeah, I've been uh, I've been lost in super training for a long time. So like Luke said, taking that information that the book provides and then applying it to your athletes or articulating it into easy to read blog posts that's everything and uh, the approach that I, I've taken with super training I try to read it 
straight through like the Bible, but <sighs> didn't really work that way. No. So, it's um, a tough book. It's a tough read. It's dense. Yeah. So I found topics I was interested in or uh, John like assigned blog posts, and then I he provides kind of a choose your own adventures, so he references like chapter one, section 2.3 later on in the book and throughout, so it makes you jump around to find a kind of stay with thoughts or topics that he addresses over and over again. So it's yeah, it provides con yeah, it provides context for everything that's in the book. So it uh, it makes it a little bit more palatable. What else? I, I would just recommend um, and then uh, any kind of you know okay okay. Hey <laughs> Steve. I was just going to say, uh, I mean, yeah, Go ahead. certainly with respect to training, you guys nailed it, but with respect to coaching, um, there's, a, I mean, there's a whole literature on psychology of communication and leadership, um, and I think that's something that any good coach, I think Tech's kind of pointed on that, which is being able to effectively communicate, because um, we've all had that bad coach that is, uh, says the same thing over and over again, like, the more you say it, the person's going to get it or something. Knees so, out. Uh, yeah, 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 knees out, right? Um, but also, I find sometimes that that with the exception of some classic books, like Super Training is a classic, but um, some of the stuff is constantly evolving, and finding those authors' websites where they will update with things like blog posts as opposed to getting, because um, I don't know if you guys know anything about publishing a book, but it takes a long time for a book to actually go in print, mm -hmm. and um, in lots of fields, what happens is a lot of things happen in the interim between writing and publication. It could be upwards of a year to 18 months. And so you can get some of the most up-to-date information just by hitting that author's website where they're releasing some updates even before the book might be in print. So just some ideas like that. That's a great point. I follow uh, Dan Coyle right, on Twitter. Right, Steve, you and I, we talked about that in one of our... Uh... I follow Dan Coyle on Twitter and he wrote uh, Talent Code. That's so, the, yeah. the Talent Code. Yeah. Hey, Steve. Uh, things behind a little bit, but he just posts updates or uh, kind of research that just pops up that either kind of make his points or challenge his points. Yeah, and then also those blog posts will open it up to user comments and, um, you know, for in my field in neuroscience, that opens it up for guys like me who can pop in who are also experts in the field to lay in my, <laughs> my thoughts on it. So it, um, yeah, I think that's a way of getting really into the conversation sometimes which is easier for somebody to then to dive into a dense book. Um, I find sometimes for my students if I can get them in on sort of the the blog, lay person, interwebs kind of conversation, then they've got that foundation of the, the language or the, um, I don't know, like the vernacular. They can go back and read the book. All of a sudden that first pass-through makes a little bit more sense than just jumping in headfirst into the text. Yeah, great point. And if you're a podcast listener like myself, um, that's how I kind of choose uh, to kind of... That's how you read? That's how I learn. Um, I'm a big podcaster, so I'll try to link uh, up with the show notes a couple of my uh, preferred podcasts and, and episodes on, like, leadership and uh, dealing with, like, difficult leadership or what whatever. Um, that could be applicable to Emily as well as this dude, so... Awesome, awesome. So, what else do you guys want to talk about? We got a couple, uh, couple questions here in the Q and A. Uh, first one we got is uh, Ashley Packy, Pat Pat Ticky. 
Pat Entekey. That's Luke's girlfriend. Play Techie. <laughs> play Techie. How do you say that? Anyways, uh, we'll follow at the HQ across the football, have a spreadsheet up this year for the game. So last year, Ben Rost, Ross uh, put together this pretty legit spreadsheet where we can put our scores up uh, for Cross Football Nation. Um, and uh, I wonder how many people we had. I think there was like a hundred, about 100 people. 100,000. 100,000, I mean. Uh, all kind of threw their names in there and threw our, threw our names in the hat, and we kind of, we were able to oh, we're looking kind of at slice now. and dice uh, the scores. I mean, and I got 20th last year. That's bullshit. No, that's just your Kelly, what did I get? I don't know. I don't think it rank ordered it, did it? Yeah, I think, no, I it think did, you, he did have score reports. You got 21st. <laughs> You're such a whore. In a good way. In, in, like, in the good way. In the good way. What a terrible thing to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll put something together for that. Maybe, hopefully Ben listens and he'll just do it again. Or <laughs> certainly... Can we just change the dates? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Because it's just... <laughs> Gender, let me see how this whole thing goes down. That probably shouldn't have changed. Yeah, so it's just a score. Well, who knows? You know, it's experimental people out there. But, uh, yeah, we'll get this put up and uh, definitely throw it, throw it out there. So, next. Uh, then Brian B. asks, can you talk about training with injury? I have a significant shoulder injury but still want to train as much as possible. Any advice on how to work around the shoulder? Right now, most movements involving the shoulder or holding significant load is out. Play tech? Didn't you, aren't you a shoulder guy? Yeah, God. I'm like, anything upper body is hurt. Um, you know, I mean, like, I don't even know what to say. I mean, significant shoulder injury, um, what can you do? I mean... I guess you could squat maybe if it doesn't hurt to put something on your back. When I busted my arm, when I broke my bicep tendon, I fashioned a homemade safety squat bar so I could hold it with one hand, and I squatted, um, did good mornings, those sorts of things. If you can still run and sprint, I mean, those are the kinds of things that I I would recommend. But um, I would tell them not to be stupid like I am and keep training through it until it's probably going to fall off um, and, like, rest it up. Yeah, and then, I mean, in terms of, uh, I guess, Andy, it's just curious what the expectation is out of the training. I mean, if you can't push or pull with your upper body, then you're not going to be pushing or pulling with your upper body. Uh, if you can do some plyometrics and it doesn't aggravate your shoulder, that'd be an option. Again, sprinting is a great option. Uh, fabricate a belt squat system uh, so you don't even have to worry about loading your bar. Like, So that'd be like get a dip belt and a whole bunch of plates and get two platforms to stand on. Uh, do some belt squatting, or just invest five thousand dollars in a pit shark. Uh, let's see. Well, I talked to Brian. Um, uh, we had we had an email correspondence, and I uh, when he was first assessing his shoulder issues, I suggested you know experimenting on what what sort of grip is comfortable for him because for his job and what he's training for, he didn't mention it, but he's a fireman, and so there are elements of his job where he has to push and pull things overhead or potentially pull himself or, you know, his job is sort of unpredictable in that way. Um, so to disregard his upper body isn't really an option necessarily for him, but it just needs to be manageable. So he did end up purchasing a football bar, really enjoyed it, and then uh, I guess he, uh, he had something of the, like a cortisol uh, or cortisone shot and... Um, uh, and then that started to wear off, and he's started to have 
you know, some more consistent pain. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's kind of like, I, I feel like we're saying a lot of the obvious shit. I mean, obviously lower body, try to do plyometrics, try not to do stuff with your upper body. Um, and it's just hard because ultimately until he addresses whatever the actual mm -hmm. issue is with the injury, you're just, you're just uh, probably doing more harm than good. Yeah, and, you know, it's easy for people to fucking look at a training day, walk in, turn on fucking um, yeah. Taylor Swift, Nickelback, and, like, get after a workout with the ferocity of a thousand angry dachshounds, right? Which are the most vicious breed of dog, right? So people yeah. get vicious after this training, and they're so serious about it. It makes or breaks their day, but, you know... Now you're talking about something that is correctable through training, maybe not the fun type of training, but some sort of mobility or rehab that people just half-ass and attack. And Brian, I'm not attacking you personally, first off, but we see it often in our gym. You know, people want to show up and wad, but when they have to sit in the the the, uh, the shoulder club, which is the corner where everybody does their jobs and everybody does their isometric holds and their their prescribed kind of rehab prehab for their shoulders. They just dick around and dick through it and skip reps and shit. They don't take it seriously, um, you know. So it's like focus on getting it. Yeah, dialed in. It, it's as it's as effective as you make it. Um, and those those are the people who, mm -hmm. you know, they just they're lax. They don't care. Um, and you know they're going through the motions. Um, but if you if you really care about rehabbing this thing, then you'll seek out the PT and uh, you'll take those steps and 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 more to the point, like you'll. Um, you know, sort of take your training a little bit slower. And I know that's not what you want to hear, but ultimately you don't get better by just hammering away at, an, at a pre-existing injury, you know? Right. So. Uh, I, I, think, I think there's some evidence out there. I'm, I might have made this up, but I feel like I've read a couple papers on um, unilateral training to enhance uh, motor cortex integrity in the contralaterally affected limb. So if you like hurt your left limb, but mm -hmm. you train unilaterally with your right limb, it actually can help uh, maintain some of the strength and um, CNS functionality of the limb that's injured. So some maybe some unilateral training could help too. Part of his rehab. Yeah, let it rip. If it, you know, again, if it doesn't aggravate anything. Right. So. Just take up spinning and call it a day. Or that. Zumba. There's Zumba. <laughs> <laughs> So, and then that, I believe, men, at least that's it, it on, uh, on our end for questions. What's can next? I, can, I give a, can I give a shameless plug? Uh, no. Tomorrow? No? It's been a yeah, great show. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> See ya. No, yeah, what's up, Steve? Yeah, so tomorrow is uh, International Darwin Day. February 12th is Chuck Darwin's birthday. And uh, I was supposed to be talking in Alabama, but, you know, since the snowpocalypse happened, I'm um, going to be doing a podcast on Google tomorrow, like around 10, 10.30. Um, Eastern? Uh, Eastern time. Yeah, a.m. Eastern time. We're going to have some interesting folks on there. One of them is uh, my, my Ph.D. supervisor who uh, he and I, when I was a graduate student, discovered that human semen acts as an antidepressant. So we'll be talking about some cool stuff like that. Um, so if anybody's interested in sort of evolutionary science, um, plug in. All right, you got a link for that you can send me? Uh, I will. Yeah, I will. All right, we'll get into show notes.
And then, uh, I don't know, what should we close with? Katy, Texas. Katy, Texas. That is going to be killer. So that's going to be big cert. You guys are in for it. Wellborn's traveling. If you're So if you're around Texas and you want to meet the John Wellborn, and more importantly, the Tex McQuilkin. Hometown and, uh, hero. And you, yeah, you can get back to Texas hometown and see see what this CrossFit football thing's all about. Um, Tex will tell you all about his open water swim training, which oh, he's yeah. excelling in right now with uh, with the Ruiz down in Tampa. But uh, yeah, so we got Katie, and then after that we are in Playtech. We're in your turf, aren't we? Yeah, you guys are out here what March first? Buford, March Georgia. 1st. Yeah. Buford, Georgia, where the beer flows like wine. Are we gonna get frozen in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Oh god. That's gonna be trouble. That's gonna be trouble. There there could be uh probably no worse place to be frozen in. <laughs> Just training in your garage with your fabricated single arm squat safety squat and crawler. <laughs> that's yeah. our backup plan. That's the backup plan. Start in Playtex garage. That'd be balling, dude. Um, also, guys, I uh, made a event uh, Facebook page for the Badges for Life uh, competition that's coming up on the 17th of May, and registration is open. Um, if you want to contact me about anything, questions, or you want to have a booth, or you want to sponsor something, or whatever, uh, feel free to email me at Cali at powerathletehq.com. Um, but uh, the best way you can get involved is register a team and uh, get excited about getting sweaty on the beach. It should be a lot of fun. So uh, please, please, please sign up for this great cause. Do I get? Do I have to? Is Chelsea going to be there? Can I get a team? Uh, sure. Yeah, I don't me know. And Chelsea going to be on the yeah. team? Yeah. Yep. I'm there. <laughs> I'm in. Sold. Nice. Awesome. Anything else? Anything? I think that's it. That, that is a Next wrap. episode, we'll talk about uh, some pelvic, anterior pelvic tilt. We had a submission earlier on that. and um, Noise. Speaking Real of noise. Pel speaking of uh, pelvic tilt, I want to just say that <laughs> this Friday, I believe, is Valentine's Day. So uh, happy Valentine's Day. Make sure you treat your, your ladies and your sigos good. Don't forget to get him something. Don't call him whores, Steve. <laughs> are you implying that you and Steve are Valentine's? No. I'm just, <laughs> no. You guys have no idea, Callie. My Valentine would never call me a whore. I got uh, my wife for Valentine's Day. Is yeah, she listening? Is she one of our nine listeners? <laughs> I hope not because it's going to be a surprise. This is okay. like one of her uh, things she put on her bucket list. Bon Jovi tickets. Do. Oh, I think you told us. Yeah, was it Bon Jovi or was that her birthday? No, we. Yeah, that was the birthday. Um, we're gonna go to the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, nice. Oh, that's so yeah. cute, Danny. That's right. Sweet. Big musical. It's at a place down in the city, and that's like one of the things that she's always wanted to do. She loves the movie, so. Uh, that's great. I came across those tickets, and we're gonna rock and roll. That's this Sunday, so I'm looking forward to that. Have you? Has anybody seen that? Uh, live show before? Yes. No, I have not. Negative. Steve, you have? I saw it on Broadway. It's good. 
Nice. Do I need to like have a couple beers before I go in there, or is it going to be? Uh, I would bring a good idea. Okay. It's probably a good idea to bring a flask. It's probably a good idea. Bring, hey, Denny, bring a flask and bring a pair of glasses that you can put on that look like your eyes are open. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I have a pair of eyes or glasses like that too, man. I've had to use them for various seminars. Well, that and, uh, you know, oh, were you wearing them at the football seminar? <laughs> <laughs> that you have, you have 12 daughters, so I'm sure, you know, jazz dance, <laughs> jazz dance routines when they're like six years old, you probably break those glasses out. Denny reproduces like a cockroach. Every week he had, we had like two more daughters to his list. <laughs> no, the last one, I just I just woke up and looked in the bathroom and there was like a baby in there. <laughs> And then I turned around and there was like a lion in my room and it was really weird. Me and my friends, we, I don't really re remember what happened that night. We were on a really? roof, we did some kind of toast and then... So Denny, would you be uh, a <laughs> Galifianakis or what's it? What's it again? Yeah, no, no, no. Are you Andy Bernard? You're... <laughs> <laughs> Those are all the wrong names, but yeah. I think we get it. <laughs> He's Mike Tyson in that scenario. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Have a great week. And we'll see you next. We'll talk next week, right? Uh, sounds yeah. good. Next week. Uh, next week. All right, let's do it. Take care, guys. Thank see you. Yeah. Bye.